Forget everything that you think you know about comics. Some say the battle of good versus evil is never ending because evil always survives. Some say that there are two types of people in this world, those who drink beer and those who enjoy a good comic. But damn it, we are the bridge. And to that we say cheers. We are your guardians, your watchful protectors from everything mundane. Because in the real world, you either die a hero or you drink long enough to see yourself become the villain. There's a war going on out there. How can you be sure you're on the right side? The ageless debate of what's right and wrong brought to your headphones with the simplest of solutions. With great beer comes great responsibility. And we accept that responsibility. For in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape our sight. We are hop heroes, bringing the relevance of great beer and comic book stories to light. Hello and welcome to another edition of Hop Heroes, the show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host, Jordan Arith, and with me as always, we have talented artist and comic enthusiast, J.R. Gonzalez. How's it going, everyone? Hope everyone's having a great 4th of July weekend. Um, it wasn't as hot as it was the weekend before, so hopefully you got to enjoy the weather as well. Tell that to my fucking beet red face, man. I got burned. Not really burned, I just got I got rosy. I got I got my rays Yeah, what were you doing? Um, well, my whole family set up this golfing trip down south in Lakewood, which is like an hour drive from where I live. And they decided to book three tea times all before 7 a.m. So I had to wake up at like five on a Sunday to drive an hour and go <laughs> golf in the in the sun. I mean, it was fun. I do like the morning golf because you get you get before the heat gets there. You know, you get through it and it's usually a little less packed. Yeah. But yeah, it just starts your day off. I mean, I started drinking at like 7 a.m. So it's going to be a long day because you're not just going to have a beer on the course. <laughs> Um, so yeah, golfed in the morning and then, uh, shot okay. And then went to, uh, my cousin's place to grill it up, you know, grill some bergs and, uh, light off some safe, but sane fireworks. Cause that's what they're selling out here right now is the safe, but sane for the, the heat wave. They're hoping that people <laughs> will, will remain in their streets and not shoot ball rockets into dry fields. Like I think that was what happened in Wenatchee. Cause of course, um, but yeah, it was a good day, man. What about uh, what about you? What'd you guys do? Uh, we did absolutely nothing. Uh, I think we stood at home. Uh, we had a pretty busy weekend. Uh, Friday, Saturday, we went to the arcade for the first time oh. down in uh, Tequila. How, round one. How does that work? Do they like sanitize anything, or is it just all just fair game? They sanitize everything. I was really um, don't tell anybody, anybody don't, uh, but I was really risking it. You know, I played a bunch of games. I mean, you're not wearing a mask in there anymore. Um, you're licking your hands and of course, in between matches. Well, you know, I that's pretty close uh, adaptation of what I did. I, I can um, see you gagging on a joystick or two as well. Well, yeah, I've gotten better at that. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I won the tickets. And, of course, I don't win a lot of tickets because I'm just – I don't know, I'm not really good at that stuff, but of course and then I go and buy gummy bears. Yeah, nice and one. so I, all I can buy is like the candy or gum. So of course I get gummy bears, and then I'm like, oh, eating the gummy bears from my hand. And Amber's like, that was not the smartest decision that mm. you've ever made in your life. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'll be all right. Probably die, but it's fine. Um, 
that was Friday, so if I'm sick, I would be sick by now. But um, so we did that on Saturday. Uh, we got to hang out with uh, Amber's family, which was great, you know. Um, but on that Sunday, we just kind of chilled it at home, did some yard work. Owning a house just really makes you really different. <laughs> it does so. make you different, yeah. You are yeah. you are doing a a, other... a subtle flex though. I see you're wearing like you got a long sleeve, looks like cotton shirt, and then a t-shirt over that, and then a vest over that. Oh, uh, you like my shirt? It's just it's just logical. Just to... just live long and prosper. Some Spock action. Yeah, I do love that shirt actually. That's that's a dope ass shirt. But that's a flex that means <laughs> you have AC in your house, and I do not. So um... that's true. We do have AC. Um... I think it's the first time I've had a house that has AC. I'm trying to think of previous houses growing up. Yeah, that's uh, that's some ball and yeah. shit. So, uh, well, we are here to talk uh, a little bit of Fourth of July. I hope you guys all had a great holiday weekend. But mostly, we're here to talk about uh, Black Widow and not the upcoming movie. I mean, we'll we'll dive into our our expectations there. But this is going to be about the comic run, uh, written by is it Kelly Robertson or Kelly Thompson? Um, the Kelly Thompson and Casa Grande Ooh, as the artist. Ours. Yeah, the ties that bind. Casa Grande. Grande. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to just talk about a little bit of Black Widow comic book action to prepare you for the movie. And to go in suit, we have a drink to pair. So without further ado, let's go to the beverage break. So I'm excited about this beverage breakdown, JR, and I'll tell you why. We haven't had a cocktail, I feel like, on the menu for quite a few episodes, and when thinking Black Widow, you don't really you don't really see a lot of spider-themed beer out there, but there are a lot of spider cocktails. There's the Spider Bite, which is tarantula tequila, just basically a chilled shot, um, and there's the Black Widow cocktail, which is essentially a blackberry and basil margarita with tequila blanco and some lime juice and some agave nectar shaken over ice i just put one together myself it was rather sticky um making it happen but i've yet to taste it and it smells fucking delicious so let's have a little sip shall we let's see it yeah i like it when we do the cocktails it's very interesting um the mixtures and the the things that we put together Wow, that's delicious. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous. That's that's playing with fire. Uh, that is, I, I pour my drink strong, as you know, Jr. And I mm-hmm. uh, put a couple extra shots of tequila in this one, and it's really hard to taste it. But I do get a little bit of the burn, which I, I like that. Too sweet is just too much for me. I like a little bit of you know burn or bitterness, something to break it down. Um, and the blackberry is just, it's so, so sweet, but it also has a little bit of underlying tartness. And then the basil gives it that earthiness. Um, the agave nectar is interesting. I've never really had that before. Um, and I imagine it just kind of brings all these flavors together. Cause I don't think it stands out necessarily right off the bat. Um, but you definitely get that, that earthy basil. And I think the basil garnish, the basil leaf is, is crucial because you smell that fresh leaf as you're sipping it and that kind of just adds to the experience so um this is definitely fitting for our girl natasha i think because not only is it uh beautiful and intoxicating but it's lethal and (laughs) it will sneak up on you yeah and when you least expect it see ya um so yeah fully support this cocktail 
Awesome. Is it ingredients you got specifically, or did you like have these ingredients in your cupboard? If you want to make this at home, listeners, it's uh, you muddle three basil leaves and two blackberries in a shaker. You put uh, a shot and a half or three of Blanco tequila. You put an ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice, a teaspoon of agave nectar, and ice, and you shake it. And then pour it over fresh ice, add a little blackberry and basil leaf garnish, and you have yourself a blackberry. But that's it for the beverage breakdown. Now let's talk about our girl, Natasha Romanoff. Let's go into the ties that bind. What do you got for us, JR? Uh, so I want to do a little bit of a history. You've probably seen some history videos on Black Widow. Um, obviously, the movie coming out, we, we like to do kind of like a little bit of a of prepare you for what you're going into for the movie. So we try to find some similarities. Um, and this Black Widow uh, series just came out uh, last year. They're on issue 10 right now. Um, it kind of gives you a little bit of everything. It, you kind of get to see... Um, the emotions of Black Widow, which um, is is something that I think out of all the Avengers, she's very, uh, you know, in the movies, you know, you kind of don't see it, but in the comics, you kind of get to see her, you know, she's led this like spy life and you, now you kind of get to see her actually have um, a family. Um, but in, in this in this run, she is uh, basically brainwashed into becoming a, a normal person, a very successful person. Has a family, has a child, um, has a has a, a fiance, and but something's obviously not right because uh, she was kidnapped and uh, obviously you know uh, sedated and wakes up about was it three months later, forty five days later. Three to four months. Um, yeah, I think it was twelve. Three weeks. to four months. Yeah, where she ends up in San Francisco. And if anybody's ever read Black Widow before, she's been in San Francisco before. Her and uh, Deadpool. I'm sorry. Her and Daredevil. Um, actually, were a couple at one time and uh, ran away to San Francisco. So um, it's a very uh, and, flexible couple, I would say. They're very acrobatic. Yeah, those two. I would pretty sure their endurance is really, really good. Yeah. Um. But, uh, so her, you know, she, she proceeds to figure something's wrong. She, uh, she stops a, a crime from happening very easily. Um, and then all behind this, there's this kind of like a uh, group of people who are set this up and that have revenge against Black Widow. Um, and I can read the characters right now. Arcade, Weeping Lion, uh, the Red Guardian, Snapdragon, Viper, AKA Madame Hydra, and... These people are have a very, very have a very, very big issue with um, the Black Widow, and we're gonna see the Red Guardian in the upcoming movie. The Red Guardian was actually married to uh, Black Widow at some point, so yeah. and in this book, she kind of lets him live, you know. Um, well, he also protects uh, her, so yeah. Yeah, she also says he did it to infiltrate and protect her. But yeah, so that's interesting to me because uh, just on that, because David Harbor is obviously playing the Red Guardian, so that means that David in this potential universe, David Harbor was married to Scarlett Johansson, which yes, I don't see it. Yes, well, there's and there's uh, just some history on Black Widow. Black Widow is has is not like a super serum like uh, so if if some of this some of this, 
may be confused. Maybe in the movie, maybe see some relationship. Her past. Um, this might be a, this is obviously a prequel movie, from what I understand. Tony Stark's in it, so yeah. The um, timeline is post Civil War, pre Infinity War, when this movie takes place. Right, right. And so um, the one thing about Black Widow is her past has always been really murky. In fact, in the comics, she has two versions of her her past, and where she ultimately ends up in the Red Room. But the Red Room wasn't. Um, which we're going to see in the movie wasn't um, applied until 1998. So, and she was uh, first created in 1964 in the Tales of Suspense, number 52. Uh, but of course, you got Stanley, Don Rico, and Don he- and Don Hick, who uh, created her. So there's like this huge gap, but she's got so much back history. There's so much mystery, um, and this is where a lot of that stuff comes in. And she actually has back to what I was saying. She has this super serum applied to her. It doesn't give her super strength. Gives her super durability. You know her skills are heightened, um, but it also makes her very ageless. So she could be super old. In fact, oh. in the comic book, she's born in 1928. Really? Um, and so yeah. So we might be able to see kind of that history of her in this Black Widow where she may be really old comparative. Um, I mean, and if you remember Iron Man 2 where she shows up, there really wasn't a history of the Black Widow where they kind of dug into it. And throughout the MCU, you don't really hear about her past whatsoever. No. So um, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of these things in these books. Um, we're going to see the, the Winter Guard, which is the Russian version of of uh the avengers um and we talked about that a little bit in our previous episodes of books you should buy um iron man number nine first appearance um but yeah and this black widow run she her family you know they're out they figure out what's happening um the uh, uh, weeping lying is kind of like a big wussy kind of when it comes to like revenge doesn't understand the big game wants to kill her right away messes it all up and she figures out who she is um, you get to see Bucky Barnes aka winter soldier which there's a very serious relationship between her and and him um, you get to see Hawkeye who's very funny I always loved Hawkeye better like in the books than I did in MCU dude yeah he's much more funnier I like him so much more much more funnier so much more he's like yeah. a, almost like not Deadpool silly but he's got a little wit to him it's like a Spider-Man kind of character and I, I dug that yeah yeah very funny and that's how he is I've, I've, I liked him in the books for that um, in fact uh, Black Widow and uh, uh, Hawkeye actually go way back when one of the things where she kind of seduced him kind of in the beginning and you know her and uh they actually attacked a, a iron man at one point together um so there's kind of this deep relationship which is obviously evident um and obviously there's you know she has this family that she loves and adores and she can't uh, keep because she is the black widow so she sets up the family to disappear yeah. um and uh i'm actually i you know i saw this book on the shelf and i just didn't get it because i'm just not a big black widow i've seen her in a bit avenger books before and i was never interested but i'm thinking I'm, i might pick up the second set here because it was a very interesting story for me to read very different side of black widow for me at least interesting i yeah. i uh i was definitely intrigued by by black widow i mean <laughs> She's like the iconic femme fatale. She's gorgeous and lethal. I mean, uh, it's I've always had a mad crush on ScarJo, so the fact that she's Black mm-hmm. Widow in the Marvel Universe just makes me in, 
intrigued by the character even further and, and, and she just crushes the role I mean she plays it I feel like perfectly um, and right. going into this I didn't know what to expect I had no idea what it was really about I never obviously read a Black Widow comic and I did enjoy the kind of concept when I saw Arcade was involved I was stoked because I've never read a comic involving Arcade and I always loved mm-hmm. the video games he makes a, like this huge like you know not kind of entrapment but also like it's a game and you have to find a way to escape so I was really intrigued to see what happened there um, yeah and he's clearly involved in the the process of brainwashing and setting up this elaborate you know charade of a family and a life that they've always had um, I gotta say though I, I I had some 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 disappointments towards the end um, I did like some of the parts I liked I liked the banter between Winter Soldier and Hawkeye I thought that was kind of a, a fun <laughs> yeah. little back and forth that I've never seen before right. really um, I thought that it was cool seeing you know the bad guys in, in Black Widow's world because you don't really hear about the Winter Guard or you know I'd, like I, I've heard of Red Guardian obviously um, Madam Hydra I've heard that title I've never really heard her as Viper but is Madam Hydra kind of a title that just goes around to the current leader, or has it always been Viper? Do you know that? I I don't know exactly about Viper. I, I The first time I've seen her called Viper, I'm pretty sure it's been before, and I'm trying to think of where, maybe like in a Spider-Man game, or maybe even, um, or I'm sorry, like a Marvel game, but nothing specifically comes to mind. Um, Madam Hydra has always just been... Um, kind of an aloof character as well so it's not really like in depth unless you really read avenger stuff and she was kind of so. kind of soft if i'm being honest like the whole time she's just she was super she scared of Black Widow. Yeah, she's like we're gonna die we're gonna die yeah. like no we're fine no we're gonna die and then like we don't have eyes on bucky or winter soldier oh my god we're all dead she's like it's always worried yeah. like you're madam hydra have some fucking pride uh, I agree. Yeah, sleep, or weeping lion is one of the weirdest names, and then like, and <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of history to that character because it keeps talking about how he's like both of his cousins that she killed combined into one body. So like, some weird product of an experiment. Yeah. Um, but another weird freaking name, but I'm sure it has an interesting backstory. Snapdragon. I mean, like. Just, just hear the villains you've never heard of, but like that's kind of cool. I've never heard of them. That's kind of cooler yeah. if they if they add some flavor and and you know they didn't really add that much flavor. My my bigger concern is they had so many opportunities to kill Black Widow, like when it shows the flashbacks of how they captured her, brainwashed her, and set up this elaborate plot to to basically distract her for the rest of her life, mm-hmm. essentially, which obviously wouldn't be possible because now we know that she doesn't really age so (laughs) just would have kept going until she realized what she was um they tranquilized her and knocked her off a building top and she's falling into the city streets and that's like the very opening scene and then it cuts to her new life and then in the flashback it shows them swoop down madam hydra and her team and catch her so they can further tranquilize her to knock her out even deeper and it's like dude Obviously, you could just let her fall, and she would be dead and save yourself a probably a billion right. dollars and a lot of wasted time. And then not only that, then she kicks the she kicks one of her soldiers off of the lift because he didn't realize how much of a threat she really was. And it's like, dude, <laughs> you could you could have definitely killed her right there. Uh, and then there's another scene where Weeping Lion has his target on her in the room with her family, and he waits for her to leave the room before he blows it up. 
and it's like like he had the shot the whole time if he really wandered dead and weeping lion we know from the story is the one that wandered dead the most and he held off on the shot mm-hmm. until she left so there it just seemed like they the the writing was finding ways to keep her alive rather than like if they really wanted her dead that bad i feel like they could have and that that is me being a stickler i'm sure but i couldn't get past that yeah, it's a it's an ongoing series, so maybe there's some big picture involved. Um, Black Widow has had many runs before and has ended even in the beginning after her uh, first appearance. Uh, you know, and, and, and you know, but she's been more of a character that's been a part of something else. I mean, her first iconic suit that she wears now with the black and the spider bite, you know, weapon um, was in Amazing Spider-Man '86. Not her own you know, um, comic book run. I mean, you look at Spider-Man, how many villains and how many first appearances, they're all over the place, you know. His own Iron Man suit that Tony Stark built him, it's in his comic book run. So she's always had these, like, iconic things happen, but not in her own run. And I think maybe sometimes the Black Widow might be a little tough. But it's also an espionage book. There's always some, like, grand scheme going on in the background, you know. Like, why are all these people willing to keep her alive and do this thing where she has a happy life and it's torture to lion oh i'm said lying weeping weeping lion because he just wants to murder her but it's an espionage character and i feel like um that's kind of part of the game when you get black widow bucky barnes is a little like that too sometimes so you think because all they talked about is how badly they wanted her out of the picture but they they kept claiming how she can't be killed when clearly they had the opportunity Correct. to kill her. You think that the reason that they were not killing her was because they have maybe higher orders from somewhere else? Because I don't think Madame Hydra had another plan besides keeping her in this state as long as possible. I think that's a possibility. I think that she, she felt this was the safest avenue for her and keeping her Black Widow, but also there's always this over you know over the top villain that's saying you know maybe uh keep it uh, uh you know keep it this way till i say it's just how could it be I mean, the taskmaster comic books work could it be the taskmaster could be the the villain in the movie taskmaster is more for me when i taskmaster has always been more of a hired uh assassin or a hired hand kind of guy I'm thinking more like, um, I mean, I, I've read that, or we, if you watch the uh, Shang-Chi trailer, the, um, there's a very big villain that might be coming out in that. And so I'm thinking that that might be part of this, you know, might be, you know, something that can connect the two or the three or whatever. Who knows? Um, we've seen some Hulk villains in there, but. Uh, you know, for the MCU, they could do whatever they really want at this point, and who who knows? But that's just how yeah. the Black, I trust... Black Widow's always been controlled by the the Russian government. Period. <laughs> I mean, yes, we're never gonna get away from that shit. Let's talk yeah. about. Uh, so Natasha has a counterpart from the Red Room, uh, Yelena. Yelena. Um, yeah, she's a new uh, Black Widow, basically. Um, let's see if we can say her name. We're going to butcher names. Um, Yelena Belova. So she 
also is in the movie, correct? Because I know that she has she is yes a friend in the movie. So, uh, what is her involvement going to be? Is because when I look into her, like in the comic, it states like she's also she's been an ally. She's also been a nemesis. So. Is it, is it going to be one of those anti-hero type situations where she helps her but backstabs her and then feels guilty and helps her? Like, what what do you foresee from that relationship? I think she's going to do the exact same thing that Black Widow's been in the MCU. Do you know what she's really up to? I mean, if you watch The Winter Soldier, she had, uh, at the beginning, she had a completely different agenda than uh, Steve Rogers did. I mean, she had his agenda but also had another set. And I think that... Um, Elena might be the same thing. She comes from the same background, same red room, same training, probably has been injected with the same serum, um, has the same skills. So I'm assuming that she's going to have kind of the similar storyline. Um, she's younger. Um, in this, she's always been more straightforward. Um, I think over over the years, Black Widow has become more, um, I guess you would call her um, softer. Or mm-hmm. not as such a straight to the kill, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think that's kind of what's going to happen. I do think that yeah, she's going to be kind of this. Um, I wouldn't say anti-villain or anti-hero, but definitely always has an uh, outside agenda of what she's actually doing. So you're you're fully just expecting this to be an M Night Shyamalan, you know, backstab twist, backstab twist, espionage, espionage, like. Just you'll never know never know what's happening till the end. Is that what you're expecting from this? I kinda I kinda want it well, I want it to be like Jason Bourne, the Bourne movies. Mm. That was a great spy movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With amnesia. That's kinda what I want. I could see that. I could see that. Let's let's talk love ma- or matchmaking. Uh she has apparently been involved with several characters. Um she had history yes. with Red Guardian. Had history with uh, Hawkeye in the movies she has a thing with Bruce Banner which I just thought was the most unbelievable love <laughs> relationship they tried to force ever um, it was such a weird one didn't buy that for a second um, and then towards the end of the comic she has some um, history with Winter Soldier and that was new to me and also she called him James so I was curious on that. Yeah. What was, was that a different Winter Soldier than Bucky? Because he was called Bucky earlier in the run. It's Bucky's his nickname. It's James Barnes is his actual name in the oh. comics and in the in the movies. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Okay. Never mind. So <laughs> she has a history with Winter Soldier as well. It sounds like so. She's just. I mean, all respect to Black Widow, but she's doing her thing and and you know breaking hearts out there. Who is the ideal match? for a woman like Black Widow who's who's the perfect candidate um I've seen her with uh, Captain America which has been kind of um kind of nice because they're uh it's kind of like polar opposites he's always trying to do what's right yeah um in fact one of her first relationships is Captain America she also falls in love with Tony Stark um and vice versa because how can you not um but I do feel like um, her her and Captain America have done really well. In fact, Captain America actually kills her one, at one point. Actually, before this run, he, he uh, the, Captain America turns bad and actually and hits her in the face with his shield and kills her. Wow. Um, That's dark. So I think 
I think that dynamic has been has been great. It's even in the movies. I mean, she's just so much much wilder than than Steve Roger was. Um, you know, making fun of him and you know all these things just about her. I think it turns turns him into a wild man, and who 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 doesn't love to see Captain America as a wild man? Of course, you choose Cap. You want to see your boy your boy gone bad. Um, it would be cool if they're both, especially if they're both ageless, like. You know, yeah, they can see everything happening. Like they don't have to fall in love for today; they can fall in love in fucking two centuries. You know, let them let them feel it out. Mm-hmm. Um, that is pretty cool, though. Um, yep. Okay, so I don't know if I. I mean, I get the yin and the yang thing, and I know that you're a, a homer for Cap. I like the idea of Tony Stark, but that would just be pure chaos. <laughs> I would n- yeah, I would never. Daredevil work. was great to see. I didn't know that either before this. I think, oh yeah, um, and Daredevil. Had such... I mean, I kind of yeah. like the. Honestly, I kind of think Bucky would be a cool fit. I like, I like Winter Soldier, and I mean that's how the yeah. comic really ends. She, he's like holding her while she cries over her missing yeah. family. They're they're both willing to kill Captain America, isn't? Very true. So when they, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, both been brainwashed. Yes, big time by the Russians. By the Russians, so they have that comment. Both have one. I feel like we're doing like one. a. Yeah, we're like setting up an on like dating thing. I know. For, uh... <laughs> Who's so, behind Bachelor Number Three? Uh, Bucky. Yeah, Barnes. I feel like that probably makes a lot of sense. Bucky is very. Um, I mean, even in the books, and I mean, Brubaker, who who created the Winter Soldier. Um, has made him this kind of like dry humorous kind of guy i mean and i think sebastian stan has done a great job because he's just like that in this book and some other books Crushed it, yeah. um, even when he was captain america he was just this dry you know um no empathy kind of barely has a conscience but still can be funny at times um person because that was who he was before mm-hmm. Um, there's some weird history about Bucky Barnes too that I didn't realize. Like he kind of um, in the first uh, version of him becoming a superhero, he sees Captain America changed out of his outfit, and so he kind of um, blackmails him to let him be his sidekick. <laughs> wait, <laughs> um, wait, wait! He sees how's he blackmail him? Doesn't he knows who he is? No, in the past, but uh, Captain America didn't want anybody to know that he was. Steve oh, Rogers. when he had the ha- the whole helmet. Gotcha. Yes. That's, that's And so awesome. Bucky Barnes. Yeah. So they changed that obviously because I was pretty weak. But Winter um, Soldier has slowly become one of my favorite characters. Like, I didn't see I know, it coming. So weird. I didn't see it coming at all. But he's he's incredibly likable. He has one of the coolest, darkest backstories. He is a good guy, but he has that edge to like you're saying. He will kill. Like, and he's got mm-hmm. he's got a weird like. Except snap at any moment. You can see you never know. And you never know what's going on in his head. And he can and he just like has mm-hmm. this like acceptance with his situation and his like you said, has an underlying dry humor about it. Like I just I'm a bit and he has the fucking metal arm. I mean, come on. That's fucking savage. I know, love it. Yeah. Put a tweet out there. I'm gonna do another painting of it. I put a tweet out there yeah. like I feel like the adamantium arm sleeve is gonna happen and there's going to be a pro athlete that busts it out, and it's going to be fucking epic. And I'm just wondering, I feel like it's not if, but when. And I'm wondering who's going to be that athlete yeah. that rocks the fucking Winter Soldier arm sleeve. I'm hoping it's like DK Metcalf, because his arms are just so <laughs> jacked. That, that would look so rad if he had a freaking 
They're huge. Arm sleeve like that. Yeah. I'm just waiting for that day. That'll be yeah. exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's go through and rate the comic. Um, so it sounds like we had a little bit of differing opinions on this one. What did you? What would you give it out of ten? Uh, the the I got yeah. The volume, uh, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it a like a six point eight. I mean, it's I liked it, and I'm interested in um, somebody give it a, a a craft, and and I'm I'm waiting for the. I mean, they have them out, and I so I'm not gonna buy the individual issues, but I'm gonna buy the the trade collection, um, and I'll buy the second one. I mean. Um, my first Black Widow books that I've I've bought and I bought. So, yeah, I think a 6.8 is good enough. It isn't, you know, top-notch like the Berserker or anything like that. Um, it is character-driven, not story-driven, I think, which is probably why you're having such a struggle with it. Um, and sometimes that's hard if you're not a comic book fan. I mean, which you are, but I'm just saying, like, for most people. I, I took so you, much offense in that. Those Not yet. statements. You it's hard. Trust me. <laughs> no, I get the I get the character. I want character driven. Like I'm all about the character development. Like, and I did enjoy some of the characters. I just feel like there were plot holes where they could have killed her and they didn't. But they're complaining about how they can never kill her the whole time. That I just felt like was a little could have been could have been done a little bit smoother and cleaner. But I did give it a six point five. I mean, it's a craft story. It's it, I really like the artwork. Um, and it was not like anything. The covers are great. Yeah, and the variants. Uh, I had the variant access. Yeah, Adam Hughes. Comicsology, yeah. and it was great. I I did. There was one scene where she's explaining to James, her, um, pretty much like surrogate husband, that, uh, she has to leave, or he has to leave, and she can never contact him again. He can never contact her again. Basically, they're 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 dead to each other because of his safety. All right, and. There's like a panel where she's like a black silhouette, and the only things that are colored are her his her red hair and her blue like teardrop going down her cheek. Yeah, I thought that was really cool because if you think about it, when it's all in color, you probably wouldn't even really notice the tear. Or if you did, it wouldn't be that pronounced. Right. And just the way they went about that, I thought was was beautiful. Um, so I, yeah, I gave it a six point five. I thought it was well done. There was some good 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 writing and, and good artwork and good action. And when she is going to town, it's like she fucks shit up and she bounces off walls she does all the whole leg block neck thing throwing knives um, and she uses guns and she shoots people and kills them which I'm a huge fan of when it comes to these comics because there's just no way that wouldn't happen in real life I'm sorry Batman you can't knock <laughs> everyone out and just expect them to be unconscious um, so that puts us at a craft at about a 6.7 uh, 6.65 whatever you want to call it but um, it's, it's, it's a it's a great I think it's what you expect from a Black Widow comic there's a reason that she's not a huge comic book universe character she's yeah. always has been a side character her story I think is really interesting and I'm hoping so the Red Room I know you said it was rolled out in 1998 is that what you said yeah, it, like obviously, there's always been this like where she's been trained by the Russian government, but they actually gave it an actual name called the Red Room. Um, it sounds like in 1998 where they put all these children in there and trained them to be assassins. Yeah, like I, I just have such high hopes for that sequence to be executed well. If you ask me, I don't know if you've ever seen Drive or Neon Demon or Only God Forgives, but Nicholas Winding Refn is this genius director that I've suddenly realized I'm a huge fan of. I just watched Bronson, um, which is like an OA. Oh, yeah, I've seen Bronson. Yeah, so like the it's scenes... a great movie. The scenes Tom Hardy. With the slow... Yeah, the slow pans in the nightclubs and like mm-hmm. this, the heavy synth beat. And like that's a big Refn approach to things. He has like this, this right. style where these flashing neon colors and it's always a heavy red tone. And then like this synth, like heavy synth beat builds and builds, and like there's just like a stoic character. Ryan Gosling does it really well in Drive. 
Hardy killed it in Bronson. And I feel like if they took that same approach to the Red Room scenery, like it could make it so much more epic. But I just, being Disney, they're not going to go as dark as I'd like them to do, um, I imagine. But I just feel like there's so much potential with this backstory that they could really crush it. And, and I think that they're going to do a good job. I just hope it's not too heartfelt. Yeah. I, hope that, I hope they do have a little edge here. So do I. I'm. A, I'm a little. I always have concern with um, prequels or in. You know, this is a, a movie that's in between some things um, because I kind of already know what happens. Yeah. You know. Um. So it's kind of hard to like get into it. Um. I guess I just would like to uh, enjoy the movie period and not have to worry about some of the things that are are going to happen. Uh, how are you going to watch the movie? You're going to go to theater, or are you going to like stay at home and watch it on Disney Plus? No, I'm going to be in Montana for my older brother's softball oh, that's tournament. Right. So we're going to try and find some time to hit the theaters in Anaconda, Montana, if they even have electricity, let alone movie theaters there. Um, we shall see. <laughs> and, uh, we're going to try and catch that. Yeah, but we want to catch it at a theater for sure this weekend. Um, what about you? Gotcha. I think I'm going to do Disney Plus. I think. I've kind of gone back and forth. It's on my birthday, so I kind of get mm. to decide what I want to do. Yeah, you do. Um, Goddamn right, you do. What's your birthright, son? Yeah, uh, it's my birthday. So I, but I think I'm gonna. I think I want to be at home. I think I want to get some like chairs and just chill out in front of the TV. Get the speaker going. Get the grill. You want some hot dogs. You want to get chairs? You don't currently have chairs in your house. Nah, we don't have chairs right now. Our house is uh, standing we're room redo only. The whole house standing room yeah, only. Yeah, so we have. <laughs> So maybe get some bean bags, you know. Get go to the store, buy some icy, um, buy some popcorn, and Amber and I can just sit right there, let the TV kind of close to make it feel like we're at the theater. Are <laughs> but, you living that ba- that kind of life where you're in like camping furniture in your living room right now? Is that what's happening? Yeah, because we're really we you know we wanted the whole house is going to be redone, so we really don't want to buy any furniture until the house is literally the downstairs is literally Amber's workout. It's got treadmill. It's got you know a cycle it's got all their weights and that's all it's meant for really so we have no comfort anywhere so um, <laughs> no comfort but you got AC. no comfort you do have that but we got ac that's all that matters i got my room where i can read and i could draw hopefully get back to drawing um that's all i care where i have all my statues in one area um and my funko pops but uh yeah i think i want to do that i think i want to enjoy it at home and um it's like the first actual movie that we people don't have to wear masks so i have a feeling it's gonna be packed on a friday uh summertime i just i'm just not really really ready for that right now so i think that'll be great oh man i'm so on the opposite side i'm ready for a packed theater i'm ready for some <gasps> i'm some not ah's, some, what's, <laughs> some ah's. i'm ready for all that and it's yeah. gonna be a huge action flick you gotta imagine there's gonna be some crazy action scenes in this i know like popcorn probably flicks will be. are meant for the big screen. I know. Maybe I'm. I'll probably if it was a Spider-Man movie, I'd be all over it or something. But I don't know. Yeah, we'll we know. see. We know. You, you don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well. Yeah. I have high hopes for the movie. I think that you know they haven't they haven't steered us wrong yet. I don't imagine they're gonna do it on this one. I think that I do like the Black Widow character, and I think that uh, ScarJo just crushes the role. And with David Harbor and ScarJo did such a good job. Yeah. I just I, I love her confidence and her her wit and like I love when she's like takes her shoes off like she's about to fuck shit up and I noticed that was in the comic she took her <laughs> shoes off and I was like oh yeah she's about to climb some vents and just wreck shit yep. so uh, keep doing your thing ScarJo high hopes for the movie 
Um, do you have anything for uh, Stock Talk this week? I do. There's a lot of stuff going on. I, I talked about, um, you know, with the Shang-Chi movie coming out and and kind of some like hidden characters in there. So I wanted to kind of give some heads up for that kind of thing. Um, and there's some, you know, there, there, with the way the Marvel universe is working right now, I mean, there's so many things that you can um, pick up that would be great as an investment. So, um, but let me just grab my notes real quick. I'll start off with, um, uh, let's see. I want to start off with a kind of like a, an independent kind of story. Um, it's called Stray Dogs. Uh, it kind of came out last year, September. Oh, I'm sorry, last year at some time. Um, and it, or maybe beginning of this year, but it it's trending up because it, it was uh, Paramount purchased the rights to it. And it's, let me read the description. It's a five-issue suspense thriller described as Lady in the Tramp meets Silence of the Lambs. Um, which what? they're gonna make an animated movie. Yeah, <laughs> so I didn't even pick that movie that book up. I had no clue. Um, I'm intrigued already. But I thought that was, I know, right? That's like what? That's really interesting to me. Um, so that was really great. Um, uh, it's a book. There's a book called United States of Captain America. That's uh, it's basically you're gonna see the first gay Captain America on the cover. Um, it's a variant that's coming out, um, which I thought was really great to see. Yeah. Um, that'd be big. Uh, let's see. Uh, Fantastic Four 272 and 273. You get to kind of see the, uh, first appearance of, um, uh, first full appearance of, uh, Nathaniel Richards and, uh, the father of Reed Richards. So you kind of, maybe with Fantastic Four coming out eventually, you're going to kind of see some of these characters, you know, some of these books kind of, and right now it's a great price. That book for between probably both of them, you can probably get it between 60 bucks, you know? Um, Did you say Nathaniel that, Richards uh, is the father of Reed Richards? Nathaniel Richards, the father of Reed Richards, inadvertently traveled into a parallel time stream. Yes. Who is the son of Reed Richards? Isn't like one like one of the most OP heroes out there? The yes. Um, is he named Nathaniel too, or like as I after his, his name grandfather was or something? Yeah. Um, he's almost like Legion. I have to look that like up. His abilities. Yeah. Um, he's like, he can create worlds and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not the guy you're referring to though. It's a different guy. No, that's, this is the father. Okay. Um, but, uh, back to Shang-Chi with, yeah, who's um, this villain you're, you're hinting at? I'm excited. Yeah. So obviously we've seen this villain before as a hint it and the movie theater, but it, it wasn't exactly the way that he was portrayed in the comic books in tales of suspense. Number 62, um, the origin of the Mandarin specifically comes and how he obtained his rings are in that, in that book. And then this, um, and this book is probably a little bit high if you're kind of maybe just starting out, but it's a great book to have. Um, in the trailer of the Shang-Chi, a creepy dragon emerges out of that and that could be um it could be part of the 10 rings uh marvel is borrowing heavily from the comic book origin of the 10 ring which is which is part of this storyline um it's the first appearance of 
Axon's car, an alien dragon whose ships was powered by ten rings. So the Mandalorian might be specifically involved with the ten rings. The Mandarin. And this not the Mandalorian. Mandarin. What do I say? Oh, Mandalorian. That'd sorry. be a hell of a cross. Uh, the Mandar- I would be. Um, it's almost spelled the same. The Mandarin. And so um, I think that might be a great little book. It's quite a bit of money because it's high up, but it's not quite too expensive if you're kind of more past a little bit of a novice kind of collector. But we might see the Mandarin. We're gonna we're probably gonna see this alien dragon, um, and we're gonna see the Ten Rings coming so what, out of the Shang Chi movie. So, what book are you referring to? The Mandarin origin or the the dragon origin? So it's the origin of the Ten Rings and how it was obtained by the Mandarin. Oh, and, gotcha. What's the book called? Mm-hmm. The book is called Tales of Suspense number 62 and they do this Tales of Suspense kind of like sub like main title and then what they do is they add like Iron Man and Captain America. So when they did like Tales of Suspense um uh you know for like Black Widow, you know, something like that. You know, so they they kind of give this like um kind of title. It's called Tales of Suspense Iron Ant- Man and Captain America and it's kind of like a you know, kind of in the 60s, they used to do these like magazines, you know, where they kind of title things together in combinations and then they'd give it a title, you know. And so this is kind of what that's about. What kind of price range are we talking about? Ooh, so, you know, it could be up in the f- couple hundred dollars, two to three hundred dollars um, because it's an older book. Um, let's see on, on if you pick it up and let's say you want an investment so you got to pick it up in a way where you don't spend too much money but enough money to where it's it's worth something um you want to stick you know a couple hundred dollars um it looks like ebay might even have it i'm seeing some for 50 dollars for a really low grade um and then probably a higher grade you can probably get it for i don't know Probably a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks for a really, really good grade. I mean, it's an old book, so okay. trying to get a good grade might be in. But it's a really good investment. I mean, it's nothing like I said. If you're kind of a higher end collector, you might be able to get a really good grade for a couple hundred dollars. But if you know you want to maybe make some money off of it, maybe get a lower grade for cheaper. Um, check out eBay. Check out your local comic book stores. Stuff like that. Yeah, so here at Comic Stock Talk, we have a few tiers of investments. So, like, our 0 to $50 range, that's kind of our tier one. That's our entry level, you know, take a flyer. We'll see what happens. If it does If it does hit, you know, you're 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 sitting pretty. Uh, I'd say tier two, yeah. I don't know, what do you think, JR? Like 50 to 150 maybe $200 is, like, Yeah, maybe level. $200. You're just right past the novice. You know, you're not just starting out. Maybe you've kind of been doing this a little bit. Um, and then, obviously, I mean... I guess we'd call a third tier where um, Jordan got to see some high end at the uh, comic book show where some of these guys are buying thousand dollar books, you know, 500 plus is probably a good an investment. Um, I've only done that a couple of times. Um, and let me tell you, it makes you sweat every time you do it. Um, <laughs> like a great, a, a great first tier investment is probably going to be that straw dogs book. Yeah. They're making an animated movie, animated series. Animated adaptation. Okay. Um, well, I'm, uh, so way, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. So yeah. So I guess if we had to break it into tiers, maybe maybe zero to fifty tier one, fifty to 
Yeah. 300 tier two. That's about right. 400 to 1,000 tier three. And then yeah. if you're going tier four, you're going for the, you know, the, the big. You're going for the high end stuff. The ones that are already, you know, pretty big and pretty popular and pretty expensive, but you're hoping that they continue to grow. Or you just yeah. want a great collector's item right. for your, your man cave. Right. And a great example of like a tier four and beyond is maybe like uh, the first appearance of Thor, which is like $6,900. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, let's say you want the first, like a great tier number two might be the first appearance of Hellboy in the book called Next Men, which is only like $100, $100, $200, um, which I almost pulled the trigger a couple times this uh, week, but uh, decided not to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know you love, you love your, your boy. Your demon boy. That would be one that I wouldn't consider an investment as much more as a, I want that on my wall or in my collection. I do have the first comic book run of Hellboy, which is great, but not the first appearance. So, yeah, that's your comic book stock. I mean, there's so much to it, but it is it is fun. And if you get to do some of this stuff, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You can do it for equity. You can do it for trophy. You can do whatever your heart desires, but... We're here just to kind of mm-hmm. give you some values and what hopefully will boom here in the near future. So, um, yep, that's our episode this week, Jr. What uh, what plugs you got? You want to put out there? Um, I'm gonna plug Action City Comics. We're we're again, I mean, not surprised, but um, we are doing some really exciting things. Um, uh, got the eBay store up for that. Uh, for the store. Um, there might be some upcoming events that might be coming to the store. Doug was asking me about some stuff and if we're interested in helping out. Um, we just did an unboxing uh, at the store of the Samurai uh, Deathstroke, which uh, I'll be putting out this week. And we're looking to do some more. Jordan's going to come down to the store and he's going to do the Spider-Man vs. Venom statue that I got hopefully coming this month um, and do an unboxing there. So. Um, Action City Comics, it's where we do a lot of things for fun. Yeah. Always stop by and say hi to Doug. Give him a hug for me because mm-hmm. he's my best friend. And yep. as always, follow us at Hop Heroes Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you have any requests for anything you guys want to hear about or any comment questions you have, whether it comes to value, interest, whatever, uh, slide in our DMs. We're wide open for y'all. Um, but, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll all have a great time at the theaters or and or on the couch watching Black Widow coming out July 9th. Um, we're excited on to watch floor. it and talk about it. Uh, or, or beanbags on the floor. You know, whatever floats your boat. So uh, thank you all so much for listening <laughs> this week, and we'll catch you next week. Yeah, have a good week.